Welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, where we let Olive be Olive. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And this week we are covering the 2006 film Little Miss Sunshine. Indeed, Little Miss Sunshine. Guys, welcome back to our coverage of Family Matters, where we are doing an in-depth focus on familiar relationships in cinema. Yeah, and (laughs) (laughs) what better movie to include than a family road trip movie? How could we not? One of the guys, I've never seen this one. (laughs) Yeah. This was a first timer for me. (laughs) And so before we get started, don't forget, go follow us on Twitter. Twitter at Kick and Stream. K-I-C-K-N-S-T-R-E-A-M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's. Rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little watch party. All right, you ready to get moving? Uh... <laughs> You got to get out and push. Trigger warning for gross. Oh, yeah. The trigger warning for a couple of things, guys. Trigger warning for suicidal ideation. Trigger warning for drug use. And trigger warning for little girls in bathing suits. Yeah, no. It's um, so gross. Can't wait to rip that apart. Oh, my God. It's going to be amazing. But, yeah, no, this is my first time seeing The Little Miss Sunshine. I always say, if you want to know how well a family gets along, put them in a car on a road trip. Cheryl, remember when Olive was runner-up in the regional Little Miss Sunshine? Well, the girl who won had to forfeit her crown. I don't know why, something about diet pills, but anyway. Now she has a place in the state contest in Redondo We're going to California. There are two kinds of people in this world. Winners and losers. Sarcasm is the refuge of losers. How much do I owe you for those pearls of wisdom? Oh, that one's on the house. You're not going to charge me for that. Stop it. Stop it. He started it. A la mode translates as in the fashion. A la mode. Frank, shut up. Everybody push! Dwayne. That's your name, right? Are you getting any? My God, man. Dad. You should be getting that young Dad. stuff. I know you're a homo and all, but maybe you can appreciate this. Dad, that's enough. Stop you're it. You're not going to shut me up. I still got Nazi bullets in my head. Hey! Oh, how about that? Stuck or something. Oh, jeez. I'm being pulled over. Everybody just pretend to be normal. Am I pretty? You are the most beautiful girl in the whole world. And you're just saying that? No, I'm not. I'm madly in love with you. And it's not because of your brains or your personality. Where's Olive? Well, who have we got here? Let's see. Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Ferris, co-direct. Michael Arndt writes, Arndt, 
He's done a lot of things. Yes, he has. Like, I mean, most notably is Little Miss Sunshine, but he's written a lot of different scripts. I mean, I love that he was in Inspector Gadget. Yes, he was. You know? And also, he was on the senior creative team for Wally and Up. He wrote Toy Story 3. Oh, my God. Do we have him to thank for that? He was also on the creative team for Cars 2. And we need to talk, Mike. We need to talk. Uh, he wrote stuff for Brave. He wrote Catching Fire, which is the best Hunger Games. Yeah. Uh, he wrote stuff for Inside Out. He also wrote Star Wars Force Awakens. <laughs> yeah, I know. I bet he got letters. I bet. <laughs> I bet. He had to quit his job as Matthew Broderick's assistant to write this movie. You know what? Fine. <laughs> Good. It's a successful movie. Yeah. It made $94 million. I mean, hey, that's a figure you can respect, Indeed. right? Indeed. This movie's just fucking weird. <laughs> it's just weird. We got a bunch of weird people in a big weird family in a big weird yellow van. <laughs> hey, that van is classic. How dare you? Going to compete in big weird pageants. <laughs> It's big weird, guys, is no, the vibe. Yeah, this is based off a story from Michael Arndt's childhood where his family like drove 600 miles in a VW bus with a broken clutch. Indeed. Which I can't wait for us to show our asses during the broken clutch conversation. But you know what? It might be a big weird film, but it's a big weird Oscar winner. Yeah, it sure is. It won Best Original Screenplay for Michael Arndt. And this is also the only movie Abigail Breslin's ever been nominated for an Oscar for. Mm, little Abby Breslin. Well, you know, that takes us into, you might have guessed it, but we've got names. Guys, this week, please welcome to Kicking and Streaming as Cheryl Hoover, we have Tony Collette. Uh, have we had her yet? I don't think we have. And this is her first Kicking and Streaming appearance. Hi, Tony. You're so hot in everything you do. We love you, Tony. And I mean hot in talent, hot in looks, hot in everything, Dave. You're just hot. Most of you will probably remember her from The Sixth Sense. She's Haley Joel Osment's, you know, mother in Sixth Sense. I love her as Kitty in The Hours. Yeah, it's a good movie. We also currently starring as Kathleen Peterson in HBO Max's The Staircase. Oh man, I have feelings about that. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> we don't have all day though. I know you do. Oh, what about Hereditary? Oh my god! How could we not mention Hereditary? Don't you swear at me, you little shit! Don't you ever raise your voice at me! I am your mother! Do you understand? All I do is worry and slave and defend you. And all I get back is that fucking face on your face. I don't understand how that became so memeable so fast. I don't either. But I love it. Playing uh, Richard Hoover in, I believe, his first kicking and streaming appearance, we have Greg Kinnear from Indiana. Yeah, guys, it's his first time here. Hi, Greg from Indiana. <laughs> um... I know him from things like Baby Mama. Yeah. Where he's Tina Fey's love interest. I am already sweating. <laughs> I know, me too. Aren't you? Guys, it is 91,000 <laughs> damn degrees in May. I'm sorry. Back to Greg Kinnear. We're all dying. Happy climate crisis, everybody. <laughs> um, you might also know him from stuff like Nurse Betty, You've Got Mail, <laughs> Robots. That's right. Remember Robots? <laughs> robots a great movie. I personally love um, his portrayal of Bill Shepard in House of Cards season six. He's in House of Cards? He's like one of the main villains in the last season of House of Cards. Greg Kinnear? Uh, Greg Kinnear, yeah. <laughs> Isn't it upsetting? Okay. 
Guys, playing Frank Ginsburg this week, we have Steve Carell. Please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, Steve Carell. He was with us when we covered 40-Year-Old Virgin and uh, Crazy Stupid Love. Indeed, indeed. Welcome back, Steve. I like Steve in this role. Yeah, he was still, like, relatively an unknown, right? It was pretty much just... Well, this was, like, this is, like, post-office, so... Yeah, but, like, a year after The Office started. I guess. Yeah, like, he was barely Michael Scott. Please welcome back to Kicking and Streaming, little Miss Abigail Breslin. Playing Olive Hoover. She was with us when we did Signs. Oh my god. You might also know her from things like this, August Osage County, which uh-huh. you will understand why I'm happy about that next week. Um, she's in Princess Diaries 2, which we just watched. <laughs> She's the little orphan girl, and her brother is also in that film. I love that. Yeah, we get both the Breslins in that movie. Uh, Zombieland, The Call, uh, Zombieland, Double Tap. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. I like those movies. We should watch those movies sometime. Guys, playing Dwayne today, we have the Riddler himself, Mr. Paul Dano. Yeah, guys, I just saw the Batman for the first time, and... uh, You know what? I'm not not I'm not a superhero fan. I'm not the DC fan really, but I know he's not a superhero. Don't start. <laughs> He's a billionaire in Kevlar. Continue. If you don't know this about Carrie Ann, she's just on her knees for Batman content and <laughs> I liked that movie. It was a really good movie. I might not have understood the intricacies of everything, but thank God I had Carrie sitting right by my side (laughs) to explain anything I needed explained. I am the Batman's Cliff Notes. But this Paul Dano guy, he uh, did a bang-up job. I mean, I wasn't scared of him. But there at the end, I was concerned by him, so... I like how Chad the Bird describes him as unhinged like a door you call your landlord to fix because it's beyond you. Are we just saying Chad the Bird like everyone's gonna know who that is now? <laughs> look it up, I don't care. Guys, go on TikTok, look up Chad the Bird. He's the funniest puppet you'll ever meet. Guys, playing Grandpa Edwin Hoover today, we have Alan Arkin. Hey, Al. Um... <laughs> Hate you in this. Absolutely hate you. Yeah, you are not a big fan of Grandpa Ed. (laughs) What are some other things that Alan Arkin's been in, Ross? From 1966, a film entitled The Russians Are Coming, The Russians Are Coming. (laughs) Like the British? Yeah, only it's the Russian. (laughs) Gross Point Blank, Glen Gary, Glen Ross. um, Oh, God, Glen Gary, Glen Ross. Yeah, Argo. Oh, no! Hate it. Hate it. You know what, Alan? You're not my friend today. (laughs) And that's okay. Because I don't really care. Honorable mentions, we've got Brian Cranston here for no reason. (laughs) I love it because it's literally a Breaking Bad honorable mentions this week. Indeed. Of course, Walter White and Hal from Malcolm in the Middle. We've also got, uh, what's his balls? Dean Norris. Dean Norris, also from Breaking Bad, correct? Yeah, it's Walter and Hank. Oh my god! It's a a little prequel, if you will. I love it because this movie obviously takes place in New Mexico, and they're, like, local. Also, Beth Grant, she plays the, you know, pageant leader or whatever. I called her Madam High Hair. Yeah, Madam High Hair. She she was in, like, the Mindy Project, and she played, uh, oh, she played Lady Bird Johnson in that movie. Oh, in Jackie. She was Lady Bird Johnson in Jackie. She's in uh, Donnie Darko, too. She's that really weird neighbor who coaches cheer. And she's actually, we're actually welcoming her back. No! She was in Tu Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, Julie Newmar. Oh my god! I don't know who she was in that. I think she was someone in the town, but I can't tell you. Guys, again, 
before we get started, trigger warning for suicidal ideation and drug use. And, yeah, it's uh, not fun to begin with, guys. Yeah, it, it, it's a little rough at the beginning, but it gets more fun, I promise. We start off in Albuquerque, New Mexico, in the home of the Hoover family. Because they suck? Yeah, they... <laughs> You made that joke, I didn't, but, no, but like, I don't want to lay claim to it. But I think it's funny that their last name is Hoover, because this is going to be a movie about being a winner or being a loser, Hate right? It. I know, no. Hate it. And There's I know. more life. <laughs> Little Abigail Breslin with the big glasses. She's Olive, right? Yeah, I love Olive. Olive's my favorite character, because she is basically what I was like as a kid. Why is she being allowed to wear her dead grandma's glasses? That's what I want to know. I don't know, man. She's got those huge chonky glasses and she's a little chubby and she's very sweet and she loves beauty pageants that's her thing tara don holland has made quite an impression on her right because she's watching the tv and she's being crowned miss usa or whatever that's right the miss america pageant the winner of a thirty thousand dollar scholarship is Miss Louisiana Erica Schwartz. And the new Miss America is Miss Kansas, Tara Dawn Holland. And she's like mocking all of the hand motions that the contestant is doing. Mm -hmm. Like she's looking very shocked and like thanking the loser and everything. It's so dear. As you do when you lose. And uh, we have Richard Hoover. Dick. Yeah, Dick Hoover. Dick Winner, (laughs) as I'm going to refer to him. Okay. There are two kinds of people in this world. Winners and losers. Inside each and every one of you, at the very core of your being, is a winner waiting to be awakened and unleashed upon the world. Richard Hoover is a motivational speaker. He's trying to get a book deal for this nine-step process. The Refuse to Lose program. Yes, it's guaranteed to make you a winner in nine steps or less. And all I'm saying is nine steps is too many steps for anything that's supposed to be easy, Richard. I feel like we should talk more about Greg when we get to his dad, but like at the same time, (laughs) he's just obsessed with how to win. I hate him. Like, I know he's literally the worst. Yeah. I don't I don't have any redeeming feelings about him until like the very end of the film. Yeah, he does come in under the wire there at the end as being a good person. So we've got our main antagonist, <laughs> Dick Winner. Um We have Dwayne Hoover. Dwayne is the oldest child of Cheryl. Cheryl's the mom, right? Yeah. Dwayne is a child from a previous marriage for Cheryl. Dwayne Downer here. Yeah, Dwayne. She brought Dwayne into this relationship with Richard. And Dwayne, God, Dwayne is just so weird. He's such a teenager. He's become quite the nihilist by 16. Yeah, he's big into Nietzsche. He's taken a vow of silence ahead of enlisting in the Air Force when he's 18. So he's planning to be silent for like three years until he can legally enter the Air Force. And he hates everybody. Yeah, he literally just hates everything he's and everyone. so unpleasant. But hey, we all remember being teenagers, right? I was kind of like that at one point, you know? Yeah, but you didn't refuse to speak to us for like three years. Well... You weren't all losers. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, no, because it's about winning or losing. Oh, the fa- the energy in this family is so toxic at times. 
That brings us to Grandpa Ed, Richard's father. Yeah. He lives with them because he has just recently been thrown out of a nursing home for, wait for it, using heroin. Yeah, I'm going to call him Grandpa Heroin throughout this. <laughs> I mean, no judgment, guys. No judgment. But it's No, just... no, yeah. Heroin use is a problem, and I'm not trying to make fun of heroin addiction, but I'm going to call him Grandpa Heroin because that's all he does. It's just a hell of a move for an 80-year-old man, right? He just, he loves Olive so much. He loves to help her practice her routines, like getting the walks down and like the facial expressions. Which, I'm sorry, that's fucking weird. (laughs) Your aging, drug-addicted grandfather, all he wants to do is help you practice your dance routines for beauty pageants? I think it's sweet. Like You can think what you want, Carrie. (laughs) It's your opinion. I think it's fucking weird. And then that brings us to Cheryl Hoover, Richard's wife. I'm not smoking. (laughs) I love her. I'm not. She's in the car. She's on the phone with Richard. She's all of us. I'm on my way. I don't know how long. I don't know. Richard, he has nowhere else to go. I'm not smoking. I'm not. Look, I'm at the hospital. She is unfortunately on the way to the hospital, isn't she? Yeah, her brother Frank, Steve Carell. Frank's probably my second favorite character in the whole movie. After who? Olive? Yeah, after Olive. And like... Listen, uh, I just want to say this right here and get out of the way. What? He's kind of sexy. Oh no, yeah, Steve Carell? Yeah, I don't like it. You like Steve Carell with a beard, don't you, buddy? I think he's kind of sexy. Uh-huh. I'm just going to say that. Cheryl's brother Frank is a Proust scholar who has just... Please sur- say Proust. Please say it's, Proust. He says Proust. Well... And he's the foremost Proust scholar in the country. Just I, ask him, he'll tell you. He's wrong. <laughs> you know what? I shouldn't mince about how things are pronounced. If he wants to say Proust, say Proust, even though it's Proust. <laughs> all right, all right. And Frank, unfortunately, has just survived a suicide attempt. And I'm not trying to make a joke. He's not happy about it. And, like, he fell in love with one of his male grad students, which, first of all, Frank. Yeah, it's kind of fucking weird. Dating the students. Not good. Mm-hmm. Like, he fell in love with one of his male grad students, who then fell in love with one of his colleagues, Larry Sugarman. Remember in Crazy Stupid Love when we were always talking about David Lindhagen? Is Larry Sugarman the David Lindhagen of this? <laughs> Definitely, yes. Okay, all right. <laughs> Frank is moving in with the rest of the Hoovers because he needs aftercare. He can't be by himself. Uh, no. And so he's moving into Dwayne's room. Well, you don't talk anymore? Why not? You can talk. You just choose not to. Is that Nietzsche? You don't speak because of Friedrich Nietzsche. It would be better if he could stay in a facility, but money. Yeah, that's what we're going to learn pretty quickly, is that this family's having a lot of money troubles because Richard, Richard in his motivational speaker shtick, is kind of a financial black hole for this family. Hate you, dick. Dick Winner. He thinks it's going to pay off very soon because he's got a book deal going with this guy named Stan Grossman. Mm, Brian Brian Cranston? (laughs) Yeah, Brian Cranston. Yeah. If I never hear Stan Grossman's name again, it'll be too soon. But, like, you know, it obviously makes things very difficult for Cheryl, 
who has to work a job all on her own to support the family. Frank spends the entire movie in this same outfit. That white shirt, white pants. This white shirt, white pants. He looks like someone who's been resurrected, which I think is fun Uh, for the the narrative. As fun as you can be. He looks like someone who died and came back, which is kind of what happened. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And we're all sitting down to dinner. We're having Dinah's chicken takeout. (laughs) I guess the Dinah's replaces the KFC in their town. I love how Dwayne has his little pad that he writes on since he's got a vow of silence. Mm -hmm. The way he just writes, the way that Frank starts questioning him. So like, you used to talk, but you don't talk anymore. Mm -hmm. And then he literally just writes, I hate everyone. (laughs) And then he's like, what about your family? And he just underlines everyone. (laughs) life he hates everything so much when when grandpa heroin and olive finally come upstairs to eat when when olive goes right up to frank gives him a side hug and goes hi uncle frank i almost want to cry really yeah hi uncle frank oh hey olive wow you're getting big almost like a real person (laughs) (gasps) what happened to your arms olive that's oh, all right. I had a little accident. I'm okay. It's so sweet. She sits down at the table and she starts asking Uncle Frank about the bandages on his wrists. And guys, this just this is the beginning of Richard being my least favorite person ever. I wanted to kill myself because I was very unhappy. He's a sick in his head now. Richard. But I'm sorry. I don't think it's an appropriate conversation for a seven-year-old. Well, she's going to find out anyway. Oh, okay. Olive. The important thing to understand here is that Uncle Frank gave up on himself. He made a series of foolish choices. I'm sorry, and he gave up on himself, which is something that winners never do. And, like, I hate Richard because he actually thinks that people who suffer mental illness are losers who are not trying hard enough. And he hates fat people, too. We'll get back to that later. Go to therapy, dick. (laughs) Okay? You're ruining everyone's lives. It's so true. The kid's just looking for a little honesty. Yeah, I know. The way when they're questioning Frank and Frank is slowly like explaining it. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you fell in love with a boy? Yeah. That's silly. (laughs) Boys are gross. She doesn't say he's gross. She doesn't (laughs) say it's weird. She says it's silly. I know. In the middle of dinner, we are told that there is a message on the machine for Olive. What's been happening with Olive is that Olive has just come back from a stay in California with Cheryl's sister. Yeah. And while she was out there, she was in a bunch of these regional beauty pageants. And she got runner-up in one of the pageants called the Little Miss Sunshine pageant. Oh, boy. And we go to the answering machine, which, by the way, answering machines. I know. This is 2006. I know. And they play the tape, and it's Cheryl's sister on the tape. Cheryl, it's Cindy. Remember when Olive was here last month? She was runner-up in the regional Little Miss Sunshine. Well, they just called right now and had to forfeit her crown. I don't know why something about diet pills, but anyway, now she has a place in the state contest in Redondo Beach. And you know what? Olive is so excited. She loses it. You cannot blame her, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Let's break this down right here, right now. Oh, okay. You okay. want to talk about this now? <laughs> Child beauty pageants um beauty pageantry for the children yeah absolutely abhorrent yeah and if you support it fuck you (laughs) 
I don't care if the little girl wants to do it or not. We're not going to sexualize children. Yeah, it is a little weird. I believe that beauty pageants by their structure can be very character forming, but only if they're like natural pageants, right? You know, I don't even know what you mean. I mean pageants where little girls aren't allowed to wear makeup. They're not allowed to have their hair overdone. They're not allowed to wear sexualized little outfits that make them look like actual women. Why do we even need to judge children anyway? We don't, bud. And I understand your point. I just don't think any of it should exist. Like Like, toddlers and tiaras. That shit is abhorrent and wrong. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely not okay. Uh, Oh boy. But you know what? She's real excited for it and really wants to do it. So she's mm. already packing a bag for California. Yeah. But this beauty competition is on Sunday. In Redondo Beach, California, 800 miles away. Which, guys, you really don't think those states can be that big, but they're pretty big. Yeah, they're pretty big. You know. <laughs> and, like, the whole thing about it being on Sunday presents a couple of different problems. Number one, they don't have money to fly there and rent a car. Okay, so that's immediately off the table. That's not within their budget. They can get in the car and drive, but they can't leave Frank at home with Dwayne. Yeah, because one doesn't talk and one's suicidal. That's right. And so they're like, come on, Dwayne, you have to go too. And Dwayne doesn't want to go. He just wants to be left alone in his silence. This is unfair. All I ask is that you leave me alone. Dwayne? flight school. I will give you permission for flight school. But he's promised permission for flight school, so... Yeah, and like, he's writing on his little pad, this is unfair, I don't want to go. And again, I hate Richard. He only wants Olive to do this in the first place so she can win. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. He like gets right down on her level and he's like... There's no sense in entering a contest if you don't think you're gonna win. So... Do you think you can win, Little Miss Sunshine? Richard. Are you gonna win? Yes. We're going to California. (laughs) Oh my God, I hate it. That's so much pressure to put on a seven-year-old kid who just wants to be part of things. Oh, my God. And, oh, shit, we in the van. Oh, God. Can we talk about this VW bus for a thousand years? This is iconic. She's yellow. She's iconic. She's a Volkswagen. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, this movie's whole palette is definitely yellow. Yellow. Yeah. (laughs) Hence, Little Miss Miss Sunshine. Sunshine. Shout out to the production designer. (laughs) So we're in the van. We're on the road to Redondo Beach. The next note I have is not Grandpa Ed encouraging the 15-year-old to get poontang. Grandpa heroin is a waste of meat. Oh, Ross. I'm sorry. He's nothing but derogatory. (laughs) And kind of gross. The only person he supports is this child. And it's a, it makes it a lot more sickening later on. Yeah, I know. You know what I mean? See, right now, you're jailbait, they're jailbait. It's perfect. I mean, you hit 18. Man, you're talking about three to five. Hey, I will pull this truck over right now. So pull the truck over. You're not going to shut me up. Fuck you. I can say what I want. I still got Nazi bullets in my ass. Ah, the Nazi bullets. You're as bad as those fuckers at Sunset Manor. 
He's talking about how he used to get laid all the time in the nursing home. He's like, I got second degree burns on my Johnson. Obviously, Dwayne's not responding. <laughs> but I love that shot from outside of the van where you can hear where you can hear Ed go, don't show me the pad. I don't want to see the fucking pad. <laughs> He's so sick of it. It's been nine months of this. Dwayne hasn't said a word in nine months. Oh, boy. So we get to this diner, and this is where I start losing my temper, like hardcore. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because Olive, sweet little Olive, wants to get waffles a la modi. She says a la modi. Mm -hmm. It's so sweet. She just wants ice cream on her waffles, and she's a little girl. She should get what she wants. And this is where Richard starts with the food shaming. Okay, but Aldith, let me ask you this. Those women in Miss America, are they skinny or are they fat? Honey? Well, they're skinny, I guess. Yeah, I guess they don't eat a lot of ice cream. Okay, coffee? Telling her that all those Miss America models, they probably don't eat ice cream. Because it makes them fat. Oh, and my God. And fat people are losers, aren't they, dick winner? Eat a dick and choke, Richard. I'm not in the fucking mood. Death to dick winner. Oh, my God. Hashtag 20 always. Once we're done with lunch, the van starts acting up for the first time, right? Like... I love Cheryl. Cheryl gets in the driver's seat. She's trying to make the clutch go. Richard's like, well, just push on it. She's like, I am pushing on it. And he's like, oh, move, let me. And he can't make it work either. No, so we have to take it to a shop. Uh, The the part they need to make the car go vroom, vroom isn't there, and they have to order it, and it's not coming until next week. Yeah, this, this pageant is like the next day. They don't have time to wait around. So the mechanic is like, okay, here's what you could do. I'll tell you what, uh, you know these, these old buses? You don't need the clutch to, to change from, uh, from the third to the fourth. You, you only really need the clutch to go from number one to number two. But as long as you keep parking on a hill and you let it go, and it goes 15, 20 miles per hour, you start it on third and then you go from third to fourth. This is where I learned something about cars. I learned nothing. <laughs> Because I still don't understand how this is supposed to work. But Well, when your car is a stick shift, or a manual, right? I think that's what they call it. It never will be. It's, so <laughs> It's a manual. I will always have automatic. You have to shift the car manually from first gear, second gear, depending on how fast you're going. Sure. And without a clutch... You can't get the car moving. You have to be able to have the clutch to move it into second and third gear so it'll go faster. So the mechanic proposes that instead of getting the clutch fixed, since there's so many of them in this van, they could just give the van a running start push. And then all of them jump in the van. But then they can't stop. (laughs) Dad, I want you in the car first. All right, here we go. Everybody push. All right. Here we go. Push. Push. No one gets left behind and no one's having a good time. I love the scene where they're pushing the car out of the mechanic's parking lot. They're all taking turns getting in. 
Frank's so excited. All right, nobody gets left behind. And they always go in the same order. I think that's cute. Yeah, they do. Jumping always, back into the van. It's always, you know, it's always Olive first, Grandpa, and then Cheryl. Cheryl Smoker. Yeah, Cheryl Smoker. And and then Frank, and then Dwayne. Go down. We get back on the road and Richard is telling everybody in the car, because they're a captive audience, about this stupid book deal with Stan Grossman. I am so ready for Dick to be dead. Uh, He's not going to die, Roz. I know. And Frank is not having it. I love Frank so much in this scene. The fucking sarcasm. I feel sorry for you. You do? Good. Yeah, I do. Because sarcasm is the refuge of losers. It is? Really? Yep. Sarcasm is losers trying to bring winners down to their level, and that's step four in the program. Wow, Richard, you really opened my eyes to what a loser I am. How much do I owe you for those pearls? Oh, that one's on the house, buddy. It is? Yeah, it's on the house. That's That's on the house. Wow. That was for free. No charge. You're not going to charge. Stop it. Laugh it up. He started it. Richard's ancient turn-of-the-century flip phone starts ringing. And, like, this is when you barely had coverage anywhere with any provider. Yeah, I know. If you were driving on the highway, it was always like you were driving through a tunnel. Happy 2006, everybody. (laughs) And he derails this entire road trip so he can pull over and call Stan Grossman back on a payphone. And the, they're, like, at this service station, right? And the call's not going well. So the family is just spreading out at the gas station. Uh-huh. Like, Dwayne's doing push-ups in the grass, and uh, Olive is working on her routine off to the side. Cheryl goes to get something. I am going to get something to drink. Okay, want anything? stay positive and on... on- uh, yeah. Give me some porn. <laughs> okay. Get me something really nasty, too. I don't want any of that airbrush shit. Okay. Okay, here's a 20. Get yourself a little treat, too. Get yourself a a fag rag. (laughs) All right, I will. Ed literally hands Frank a 20 and says, go in the store and buy me some porn. Get me something real nasty. (laughs) And get something for yourself, too, while you're at it. Oh, my God. And, guys... Frank goes into this gas station. He's getting the porn and everything. And then he sees the grad student he fell in love with in the store. Oh, was that actually him? Oh, yeah. No, that was the grad student. But now he's fucking Larry Sugarman? Yeah. Larry's outside pumping gas. Notice how all the preeminent Proust scholars are gay. (laughs) I mean, Proust was gay. I know. Takes one to know one, huh? Guys, this is just the worst. Like, Frank's doing all the revisionist history with him. He's like, I wasn't fired from the college. I didn't try to commit suicide, and I am not here at this off-the-beaten-path gas station trying to buy porn right now. You know, I heard that you got fired. Yeah, no. I quit. Enough is enough, you know? Right. Good, good. So what are you up to now? Um, I'm weighing my options and, um, just, you know, taking some time off and so. Great. That's great. 1979, sir. The guy behind him is ringing up the porn and Frank is just leaning further and further (laughs) over so the grad student can't see. Oh my God. 
Finally, outside, Richard hangs up the phone, and he's pissed. Oh, yeah, Dick Winner is Dick Loser. Uh-huh. The book deal with Stan Grossman did not go through. So what happened? Nothing. Let's get out of here. Wait a minute. I thought you said this was a done deal. He said it was a done deal. What, you didn't get anything? Oh, my God, where does that leave us? Fucked. That's where it leaves us. I can't believe I'm hearing that. Did you even try yes, negotiating? Yes, I tried. Of course I tried. What do you think I... Which makes Cheryl mad because she's in a financial black hole. No matter how much money she makes for this dysfunctional family, Richard is always turning around and using it for this motivational speaker business. God, I hate him. I know, this is the friggin' worst! And like, they're mad at each other, they get back in the van, and this is where Ross started looking at me and going, um, um... Um, because somebody is noticeably not in the van with them. Dwayne writes out something on his pad and hands it to Frank. Where's Olive? Oh. You just hear Frank go, where's Olive? (laughs) (laughs) And Olive is just standing on the sidewalk waiting for her family to reappear at the gas station. And they roll up, and they can't stop the van. <laughs> They're like sliding open that door and going, Olive, like, Olive! Come on, honey, can't stop, can't stop, can't stop. <laughs> so she jumps in there. Nobody gets left behind. Oh, my God. I just love the repeating bit of them having to jump into this moving van. I know. It's so great. And hey, listen, I know you don't like Ed. I know you don't. But I don't care about what Grandpa Heroin thinks. I think that for all of Ed's eccentricities, you know, he at least tries to tell Richard that it's okay that he didn't get this book deal. Whatever happens, you try to do something on your own, which is more than most people ever do. And I include myself in that category. You took a big chance. You took guts, and I'm proud of you. Okay, Dad, thank you. It's okay to fail. That's what he's trying to say. Like, he did something on his own, and that's really cool. But, like, Richard's not receiving it because he sees himself as a loser. Yeah. And I'm just, like, listen, I'm not unsympathetic to that mindset, right? Indeed. When you feel like you can't get the thing you want to do off the ground, um, sometimes... You feel like a loser. Yeah. You feel like you're not doing something right and you're just wasting everybody's time. So, again, I'm not unsympathetic to Richard, but also, Richard, don't be trash. We get a, we get a, we get a motel for the night. (laughs) This crummy little motel. Oh, my gosh. Frank stays with Dwayne. The parents stay together. And, of course, Grandpa Heroin is rooming with Olive. And, like, Cheryl and Richard are in their room for 10 seconds before the arguing starts because they're going bankrupt. The way Dwayne is pleased to hear them arguing. I know. It's it's like he feels like his entire worldview is being validated. Hey, don't listen to that. Let's uh, turn on the tube. We enthusiastically agree that the right man... I love how Frank just can't deal with anybody else's upset. Yeah. He's got too much going on. 
He's just a he's li- Frank is literally just along for the ride. Yeah, and even though Frank has been going through the worst of it lately, somehow he's still the most positive person here. I know. It's it's the Steve Carell of it all. It is. I mean, in in all of and Ed's room, he's teaching her how to growl properly <laughs> and I'm like, "What's What's that about?" Like a model on the runway. Yeah. <laughs> Um, okay. I think it's so cute. And then, like, she sits back, and she's like... Grandpa? Yeah? Am I pretty? Olive, you are the most beautiful girl in the whole world. (laughs) You're just saying that? No, I'm not. I'm madly in love with you. And it's not because of your brains or your personality. It's because you're beautiful, inside and out. I just... I'm sorry. I kind of love Grandpa, at least for who he is to Olive, because God knows that Olive has trouble getting attention from anybody else in this family, unless she's winning at something. And, you know, we're in a beauty pageant, guys. I think Olive is the cutest little girl that ever lived. Like, I mean, it's Abigail Breslin. Yeah, it's Abigail Breslin for crying out loud. But she doesn't look like other little girls who participate in these pageants. And the fact that she still wants to do it, I admired it so much as a kid Mm -hmm. and as an adult. I don't want to lose because then daddy is going to hate me. She says daddy hates losers. Fuck Richard and and she and it was like well if daddy hates losers then daddy hates me and I'm like I hate daddy I don't want to be a loser you're not a loser where'd you get the idea you're a loser because dad hates losers whoa 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 back up a minute you know what a loser is a real loser is somebody that's so afraid of not winning they don't even try now you're trying right yeah. Well, then you're not a loser. We're going to have fun tomorrow, right? Yeah. He's got this little girl so afraid of failing. She's afraid that if she fails, if she doesn't win this contest, her father will hate her. Careful the things you say. Children will fucking listen, Richard. He makes me so mad. I can't. I feel like I'm going to... It's so hot down here. I know. Oh, my God. The way he literally steals a crotch rocket... To go to a nearby hotel to corner, you guessed it, Grossman. Hello, Stan. You're the one that said it would sell. That's what I thought at the time. But it's a great program. You you said so yourself. I mean, I, I don't understand. It's not the program, Richard. It's you. Okay. No one's heard of you. Nobody cares. Richard thinks he's going to fix this situation in the middle of the night. And Brian Cranston's here as Steve Grossman. <laughs> And all he really has to say to Dick is, listen, it's not going to work out. I tried like fuck to push this through for you and nobody's buying it. Yeah, nobody gives a shit about Richard Hoover. And I'm like, I'll say. And I'm like, thank you for telling him, Brian. <laughs> I'm like, I just can't believe this is Brian. Cr- this is pre-breaking Brad, bad Brian Cranston. Breaking Brad. Bre- <laughs> when Walter White says no. Yeah. I mean, come on. Oh my God. Ross, I've written Brian Crayonston. Brian Crayonston. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know what? Good. I'm glad. You know why? Because this is what the nine steps are all about. Right here, Stan. Right here. Richard. Yeah. Please. No, you blew it. You blew it. You're out. He 
really is a goddamn loser by his own standards, and that makes me ecstatic. I love that this is not going well for him. So, back at the motel, in the morning, Olive awakens her father by telling him that Grandpa will not wake up. Ed dies. Yeah. Of a heroin overdose. He overdoses in the middle of the night. He just went to sleep high as a kite, and he did not wake up. And uh, the mood is low. We're at the hospital, and the doctor comes out to speak to the family. They did everything they could for him, but he's gone. Like, I love that Dwayne Downer writes on his little pad, hug mom, and shows it to Olive, and he was like, because I'm certainly not going to do it. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is obviously most complicated for Dick Winter. Yeah. Grandpa Heroin was his dad. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, probably didn't care for his dad very much. Yeah. So I'm sure it's like a very weird place for him to be at right now. And the only thing he's worried about is getting to Redondo Beach, California by 3 p.m. And his dad fucked it up. Because yeah. they ca- they have to go through all this shit, fill out all this paperwork, and they have to do some sort of transfer because he died in a different state. Yeah, it costs money to transport bodies across state lines. Like, you need a special permit or something. Well, they're no longer people, right? So now it's property. Yeah, and it's gonna... Which is fucked up. It is fucked up. We're actually on our way to California right now. If the body is crossing state lines, you're going to need a burial transit permit from the county registrar's office. Okay, but we're trying to get to Redondo Beach by 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock today? Hmm. Ain't going to happen. If they deal with this right now, they're going to miss the pageant. The hospital won't let them leave the body there and come back for it later because that would be considered abandonment. Linda from Family Services takes them to his body and everyone is standing over it all emotional. Cheryl tells Olive, you know what, honey, we'll go to Little Miss Sunshine next year. Yeah. It'll be okay. This isn't anybody's fault. And then, guys, (laughs) Richard becomes unhinged. Because Richard can't stand to lose. He says, no fucking way. No. No. We've come 700 miles. I will be damned if I'm not making that contest, Cheryl. Well, Richard, we can't leave him here. We're not going to leave him. Richard, what are you doing? So now we're formulating a plan... To steal human remains from the hospital. I wrote in all capitals, they are not about to steal his body because Dick can't stand losing. (laughs) The way you were looking at me from across the couch, you were like, this is not about to happen. This has already been tremendously traumatizing for this little girl. Uh Uh-huh. And she slept in a room with a dead man who was her grandfather all night. Oh, my God. And now we're shoving his lifeless body out of a hospital window? Yeah, Frank and Dwayne go outside so they can stand outside the window, and Cheryl and Richard wrap Ed's body in a sheet and literally push him through the open window. So fucking weird, dude. Okay, he's slipping. <laughs> Carry it through the ambulance bay, out into the parking lot, and throw him in the back of the VW. It's friggin' wild. And they drive away, 
The energy has changed in the van. <laughs> There's a corpse in the back. <laughs> and like Dwayne is still downing. Richard Olive is preparing for her routine in her head. Richard is just like, this is what my dad would have wanted. He would have wanted to see Olive compete. I don't doubt that. <laughs> I'm sure Grandpa Heroin would have no problem with what's happening here. <laughs> and oh my god, I just can't believe this works. And so we're back on the road to Redondo Beach. And like you said, it's kind of solemn. Olive is saying lots of things that kids say when someone dies. Like, you know, what's going to happen to Grandpa? Is there a heaven? She turns to Frank and goes, Do you think there's a heaven? Hard to say, Olive. I, I don't think anyone knows for sure. I know, but what do you think? Um, well... I think there is one. You think I'll get in? Yes. You promise? Yes. Oh, my little heart. Uh, protect Olive at all costs. But we don't have time for that because the horn is stuck. Oh, just when you think nothing else can go wrong, the horn on the steering wheel gets stuck. And this just makes me bust because it's not the fact that it's blaring. It's the fact that it in places sounds really weak and pathetic. Okay, just leave it or something. Ah. Maybe try pulling it further here. No, no, just leave it. Like it's going... No, it sounds like someone is physically making the noise. <laughs> it sounds like there's a person off camera making that noise. <laughs> and because the horn won't stop going nuts, they get pulled over by Officer Hank from Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot. It's a Breaking Bad reunion. <laughs> here on Little Miss Sunshine... Oh, Jesus. God. I'm being pulled over. Here we go. Okay. Everybody just pretend to be normal, okay? Like like everything's normal here. And Richard is just stepping on the brake like, all right, everybody pretend to be normal. <laughs> okay, everyone pretend to be normal. <laughs> There's a body in the trunk. Yeah, guys, this is not good. This is big not good. But he has Dick Winter step out of the vehicle. Because he's acting weird. And then he's like, will you step to the back of the vehicle with me, sir? And he's like, no. <laughs> he's like, don't go near the trunk. Like, very slightly. <laughs> like, half says it. <laughs> and and the cop's like, what? <laughs> you have something in your trunk, sir? It's nothing. I Don't don't open it. Sir, do you realize you just given me probable cause to search your trunk? Just, I, I, you, I, sir, I, put your hands on the vehicle now. I just Now. Want... Don't move. Okay. My butthole's so puckered through this whole scene. That cop opens up the hatch of that van. <laughs> There's the body it's, wrapped in a white sheet. It's it, right there. It just looks like luggage. But what slides off of the body is all the porn that Frank bought at the gas station. <laughs> and the cop picks it up off the ground and he's just grinning from ear to ear. Yeah, it's really creepy. And does no, no longer cares about the long object wrapped up in a white sheet in the back of the van. He thinks this is why Richard was nervous, because there was porn in the back Yeah, seat. he didn't want him to reveal the porn. And the cop happens to be a big fan of the particular <laughs> models. 
that Frank purchased from the gas station. Listen, I know you don't like Ed, but if Ed hadn't asked Frank to buy this porn, this would have been over. Shut up. <laughs> oh my God, we're not thanking Grandpa Heroin for this, are we? Yeah, he lets him go in exchange for all of the heterosexual porn. Oh my god, uh, fuck 12. Leaves the homosexual magazine that Frank bought for himself. <laughs> cop just wants the porn. <laughs> Stupid fucking cop. You know what I say to that? Oink! <laughs> Holy shit. But anyway, so they literally get away with a dead body. Yeah, they sure do. And, uh, guys, this is, guys, this is one of my favorite parts. Is it because it's the more harrowing part? I mean, a little- And less weird part? A little bit. Because we're finally going to deal with Dwayne Downer? So, while they were in the hospital, Olive picked up this little vision test, like one of these little pamphlets that you can take with you and test your sight, right? And she's giving the test to Dwayne. It's like a uh, orange circle with a bright green letter A in the middle of it, and she's holding it up for Dwayne. What's the letter in the circle? No, 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 inside the circle. Right there, see? It's an A, can't you see it? Right there. It's bright gray. And Dwayne's shaking his head, he can't see the letter. And Frank understands what's going on pretty fast. And Frank's like, oh, shit. Dwayne, I think you might be colorblind. You can't fly jets if you're colorblind. He begins, he's not making noise. He's just smacking the inside of the van, just punching it. Uh, we've got a little bit of... Got, okay, we've got an emergency back here. I think we just need to what pull over, it? man. Just What's pull the over. Emergency? Pull over. Okay, okay. we're late. Yes, it is. It's all right, man. Wait, wait. Richard? It's all right. Hold on. The emergency just is... Pull over. Over. Just pull over. Please, get him to pull over, please. Pull over. Richard, pull over the car. I think it's like as if to say, it's like when you have to vomit. Yeah. But you can't tell someone that you have to vomit because if you open your mouth, you'll vomit? Yeah, he just looks like he's about to combust, like just implode physically. So we pull over. And Dwayne hops out of the car. He runs away from the car and just starts screaming into the sky. Guttural screaming. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> What happened? He's colorblind. He can't fly. Jesus. Cheryl's walking up next to him, trying to get him to get up, and he won't go. He is so sick of all of them, he can't stand it. And we finally hear Dwayne speak. I think Dwayne says what we're all feeling. (laughs) He tears these people a new asshole. Dwayne, for better or worse, we're your family. No, you're not my family. Okay, I don't want to be your family. I hate you fucking people. I hate you! Divorce? Bankrupt suicide? You fucking losers, you losers! No, please just leave me here, Mom. Okay, please, please, please. 
Cheryl can't make him come back to the van. Like, she's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Like, what are we supposed to do? Just leave him here? Yeah, no. Someone going to stay with him? What? Can't do that. And it's finally Olive who walks up to him and just kind of squats down next to him in the dirt. They tell her to go talk to him. She doesn't even talk to him. Yeah, she just she just puts her head on his shoulder for about 30 seconds, and he, and he goes, okay, I'm coming. Yeah, that makes him come around. I think he did it because he wants to go see Olive succeed. I think it was Abigail Breslin magic. <laughs> Abigail Breslin magic saved Mel Gibson from aliens that's, and science. That's right, that's right. You know? Oh, my God. I apologize for the things I said. I was upset. And I didn't really mean them. It's okay, come on. Let's go. So, guys, they have to register for this pageant by 3 o'clock. It is 2.55. We are still on the highway. Like, it's just, they are speeding as fast as they can to get to this hotel where this pageant is being held. They skirt into the parking lot. The sliding door literally falls off. I know. <laughs> Here we go, one more time. jumps out of the car first. He's going to run ahead so that he can start registering her. The the Steve Carell run <laughs> is which is more famously a Michael Scott run. Yes it is. Is the most iconic thing. I love watching Steve Carell run. I, it's the funniest. <laughs> it's the funniest run you could ask for in a man. <laughs> He goes up to the registration table, and this Daughters of the American Revolution reject registration lady. <laughs> uh, yeah? I called her Madam High Hair. Madam in my High notes. Hair, yeah. She's not going to let them register because it's 3.04. Four lousy minutes. And the way Richard, after all they've been through, falls to his knees and grabs this woman's hand. We've settled on the schedule for the show. We've turned off the computers. Our lineup is finalized, and I have a hair check to do. Okay. I'm sorry that you're late, but I can't help you. Please. You don't know what we've been through. Um, Miss Jenkins? I, I can put them in the system. Oh, Kirby, you don't have to. Oh, it, it's okay. It's five minutes. You know what? The, the lame showrunner guy is like, okay, I'll register him. It's fine. How dare you? His name is Kirby and he's very lovely. Without Kirby, none of this would have been possible. <laughs> I love it when Cheryl takes Olive to meet Miss California because she's one of the judges. Miss California eats ice cream. Yeah. She loves ice cream. She loves Cherry Garcia ice cream. Mm, Cherry Garcia. <laughs> Get out. There's something really special about that moment for me. Mm -hmm. When she's walking away from the table and Olive looks at Cheryl and she goes, Mom, she eats ice cream. Yeah. I can eat ice cream too and still be... Pretty. Still be pretty, And right? a winner. Still be a winner, just like her. I might cry about it thinking about it. The pageantry of your daughters is deplorable. Oh my God. This is fucking horrifying. Yeah, you want to talk about Olive going back into hair and makeup? They're giving this child a spray tan in the corner. Yeah, all these little toddlers and tiaras who look like full-grown women with the makeup and the dresses and the flippers. 
Have you ever seen one of those? It's horrifying. They're fake teeth that they give, like, gap-toothed little children so it looks like they have a full set of adult teeth. It's so creepy. Also, the way they're not going to get in trouble for stealing that body is asinine. <laughs> they, they literally just call up a local funeral home yeah. and, and say that he died in the van and that they just wrapped him up in the back <laughs> for safekeeping. We're driving five, six hours. Thought he was napping. By the time we figured it out, it's, you know, too late. So where's the body? Yeah, they I, take his body away and everything. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. And they're not going to get in any trouble for it. So we get the Little Miss Sunshine pageant underway. Um, you know, among all things creepy about little girl beauty contests, there is a fucking swimsuit category. I know. I'm, I'm just mad. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just I'm just enraged. Yeah, he's he's over there shaking his head and grunting. He hates this. I hate it too. We both hate it. These are what five to ten year olds. Yeah, and like we're putting them in swimsuits and seeing how well they can like do the turn on the catwalk and like can they be cheeky? Is their smile right? Like we're literally grading a child's swimsuited body on like a scale from one to ten. That's pedophilic in my opinion. Yeah, it's gross. Like and the and you know what? The MC gives me big pedophile vibes. Oh god. Like, I don't know who this guy is. He's some tan, leathered-up guy. He's probably, like, a weatherman or something. Oh, purple mountain Majesty timeline once when they were talking about that music video for that Shirley Temple song on the good ship lollipop it's a sweet trip and she's on like a train or something yeah and she's singing to all these grown men Mm -hmm. and every grown man just wants to sit her on his lap it's really really fucking gross it's really gross those are the vibes I'm getting and like all these little girls that we're actually seeing they're actual pageant participants gross I know I'm yelling I'm sorry (laughs) And Olive's so sweet. She knows she doesn't look like these little girls, but she's not letting it shake her confidence one little bit. And from what they observe, Frank and Dwayne and Dick Winner all know that she's not going to win. Yeah, this, uh... I let all three of them go to Cheryl and are like, listen, don't let her go out. Don't let her go on. Oh, my God. Look around. Oh this place is fucked. Right. Look, I don't want these people judging Olive. Fuck them. Listen, it is too late. No, it's not too late. You're the mom, and you're supposed to protect her. Everyone is going to laugh at her, Mom. Please don't let her do this. Dwayne looks at Cheryl and goes, you're the mom. You're the one who's supposed to protect her. And I'm like... Ooh, <laughs> what's that bad blood, Dwayne? Right? How did Cheryl neglect you? How did you get Nietzsche-esque? I mean, probably from marrying Dick Hoover, yeah, right? Yeah, probably. Uh, Fuck this pageant. Fuck these people. We don't need them to tell us that our little Olive is a winner. You yeah, know? They, he doesn't... Nobody wants her to get made fun of. And Cheryl's like, listen, we've gone through everything we've gone through. 
Olive wants this. We're not going to take it away from her. Let Olive be Olive. I thought of you in that moment because of the West Wing. Because of the West Wing. What about it? We got to let Bartlett be Bartlett. Oh, let Bartlett be Bartlett. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) No, Ross, I don't think you're a loser. Thank you. That's not what I meant. You don't think I can win in a swimsuit category? I think you could. I think if you went out there and sold it, you would absolutely win. Thank you for lying. (laughs) I appreciate it. (laughs) And like, oh my God. So now we've come to the talent portion of the evening, right? It's Olive's turn. I love her little costume. She's wearing this white dress shirt, red tie, black vest, black top hat. She gives her music to the sound guy and she's like, my grandpa picked it out for me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what track? And she goes, track 12. And I'm like, oh, God, I remember this now. I, I don't because this is my <laughs> first time seeing the movie. The MC calls her name and she goes out on stage and she gets him to give her the microphone for a second. And she goes, I'd like to dedicate this to my grandpa who showed me these moves. Oh, that, that is, is so, so sweet. sweet. <laughs> Is he here? Where's your grandpa right now? In the trunk of our car. Okay. Well, take it away, Olive. <laughs> and no one questions it. Even all the family who are wide-eyed in the audience don't even look around. What the fuck? I love that so much. He's in the trunk of our car. <laughs> And okay, here it is, the fucking incident. Oh, God, guys. What, what, Carrie? What's track 12, Carrie? Super Freak. More importantly, the Roka Sound revamp. Olive starts tearing it up. Like, she's, like, thrusting her hips. The dance is very sexual. It is very sexual. Because Grandpa Heroin taught it to her. (laughs) She's taking off layers. She's throwing a top hat. Guys, she has tearaway joggers on. I... <laughs> and here's the thing. Everyone is so scandalized, including Miss High Hair, just absolutely grasping her pearls. And like... I, 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 Can you not stand the double standard? No, literally, we've just been, we've been sexualizing children all day. And then a child is actually acting sexual and they can't stand it. Oh, I know. Like she's taking off the tie, flossing her little booty with it. And like she takes off the dress shirt. She's got this sequin leotard on underneath. People are literally leaving. <laughs> Mothers are taking their daughters in disgust and rushing from the hall. There are women booing. And you know what? I love him. I love Frank because he stands up and starts dancing around. I know. He starts clapping along with Mm -hmm. the music. And like, all I'm saying is, Ross, Ed would be so proud of her. I don't care. (laughs) I don't care that Grandpa Heroin would be proud of his... How old is she? She's seven years yeah, old. Yeah, seven, his seven-year-old granddaughter doing sexual things on stage. And, like, Madam High Hair gets up from the judges' table and starts telling the MC to get her off the stage. And Olive is just running around evading his grasp. Yeah, yeah. She might as well be a greased-up pig. And, like, Richard starts going up out on stage after the MC. Yeah. Like, don't do- touch my kid. Don't touch my kid. Okay, Dick Winner, I see you. Uh-huh. I see you taking initiative. Hey, Let's go, my daughter! Oh, 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 oh
Madam High Harris, like, get your daughter off the stage right now. And so he goes out there with her, but he doesn't take her arm. He starts doing the dance with her. And then Frank gets up there, and Dwayne, and Cheryl. And they're all dancing around sexy with the kid. Oh, it's all such bad dancing. It's so cartoonishly bad. But they're not even the least bit embarrassed. I bet that was incredibly fun to film. I I know! They're all up there just gyrating around, and they're all being losers together. Yeah. It's very sweet. Yeah. And I love it. And and isn't that what we've been doing this whole film? (laughs) Losers. together. Being losers together. Yes. And I love it. When the whole thing is over, Kirby, the sound guy, is the only one who's clapping. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh Uh-uh. That's a lie. Miss California was also super into it. You're right. Yeah, she was clapping the whole time. God love her. So they get hotel security called on them as a result of this whole debacle. And they're literally smoothing it out in the office. The whole family is sitting outside the office like they're in the principal's office. Yeah. And the security guard comes out and he goes, okay. Okay. You're out on the condition that you never enter your daughter in a beauty pageant in the state of California ever again. Ever. I think we can live with that. Guys, we've come to the end of the movie. This is it, guys. This is the end. (laughs) This is how it ends. It ends with them all going out into the hotel parking lot. And they've got to all push the van now because they're down one member, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're pushing the van. Richard gets in the driver's seat. I love the music that's playing as they're all jumping in that last time. Mm -hmm. This is legitimately where I thought the term struggle bus came from. Carrie. (laughs) I really did. Oh, my God. When I was a teenager, I was like, they call it a struggle bus because of Little Miss Sunshine, right? Like all of them hopping in that VW bus. Move that bus. (laughs) No, different thing. Different thing. Ty Pennington. time together and they ride off into the sunset a happy family of losers they still need mental health treatment i mean yes <laughs> yes they could all do with a turn in therapy right i mean uh, w- can't we all okay we've examined a dysfunctional family who are all losers <laughs> has anybody learned anything i mean i did when i was a teenager and i saw this movie for the first time like I mean, I'm not saying I related to Dwayne in any way, but I was around Dwayne's age mm-hmm. when this movie came out, and like I was also sullen and, you know, didn't have a deep appreciation for my family or my life in general, really. Because we were all losers. Because we, <laughs> I mean, a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. But like, and then, you know, I also very much identify with Olive because Olive is not a traditionally, you know, beautiful little girl which is a weird thing to say but that's beauty standards in this country right Mm -hmm. like we all have to look a certain way in order to be beautiful or to be valued and then when you don't measure up to that how defeating that feels and then like you know I also grew up with a constant fear of failure I was afraid that if I didn't do something and do it right that 
it would be a big waste of not only my time and potential, but of everybody else's time. Because everybody would be disappointed in me, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and to this day, I have trouble feeling pride in what successes I do achieve because you're always supposed to succeed, right? No. It's just something you're supposed to do. No. And you're right. I'm still unlearning that. Yeah. Even today. I'm almost 30 years old. It's hard. Yeah. It's difficult. We got to unteach ourselves these toxic traits that we've picked up in childhood. And going along with what you said, you know what this movie taught me? It taught me <laughs> that more often than not, it is the men in the family that are causing the dysfunction. Go to therapy, dick. <laughs> Go to therapy, Ed. Get some fucking help. Yeah. It's, it's it is always the men. <laughs> That's not true. It's not. Women have done fucked up shit to ruin their families too. But in this movie... But they were probably marginalized by some man at some point in their life. <laughs> This was all Dick Winner and Grandpa Heroin, as far as I'm concerned. Like, I'm not laughing because he's right. I'm laughing because it's hilarious when you're mad. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm glad my displeasure pleases you. It does, actually. Oh, 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 oh. We have so much fun here in the studio. A toast to you. And you know... I'm sorry, can I go on? Yeah. (laughs) Fuck men. It also, you know, allows me to give myself some grace. Let Carrie be Carrie. Yeah, let Carrie be Carrie. Let Olive be Olive. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I I wonder about this show sometimes. We've got, like, a shadow box theater worth of people listening to this. And I wonder, you know, am I just wasting my time? Because this is not a, quote, successful viral podcast. And I always tell myself, no, you got to let it be what it is. Like, let it be what it's going to be. You're doing what you wanted to do. I am doing what I wanted to do. It makes me happy. It doesn't matter if I succeed. It's like what Dwayne says. Do what you love and fuck everything else, right? Carrie, fuck. I know. You're getting all teary. Fuck. Do what you love and fuck everything else, man. Yeah, that is what Dwayne Downer says. (laughs) Like, just do it. It's t- Life's too fucking short. Oh, this is a nice movie. Yeah. It's big weird. <laughs> but it's nice. It is nice. Just like us, right? Yeah, we're big weird. But we're nice. <laughs> I like it. All right, guys, we did Little Miss Sunshine. So we examined a facade family, a dysfunctional family. Next week, we're (laughs) going to be covering one of my favorite movies. And we're going to be examining what I like to call a dehumanized family. Oh, I was going to say, if this is the dysfunctional family movie... (laughs) Then what the fuck is next week? (laughs) Guys, Ross is going to be in his final form next week. (laughs) Shut up. He's been waiting to talk about this movie five ever. Folks, next week, we are going to be covering from John Wells and Tracy Letts, the 2013 family drama. Oh, they called it a tragic comedy. <laughs> like a black comedy? We will not be calling it a tragic comedy. <laughs> 
August Osage County. Oh my god, guys, Meryl is back! Oh my god, Meryl's gonna be here. Julie's gonna be back. Yes! Ewan McGregor will be here. Chris Cooper will be back. Abigail Breslin will be back <laughs> next week. Oh, uh, ben, uh, Benedito Cauliflower is in it! <laughs> I forgot about that. What? <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh my god! I forgot he was in that movie. And Dermot Mulroney. Oh, not your boyfriend, Dermot Mulroney. And Juliette Lewis and Margot Martindale. Oh my god! So look out for that next week, guys. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Kick and Stream. K I C K N S T R E A M. You can write the show at Kicking and Streaming Podcast at gmail.com. That's with an and, not an ampersand. And don't forget, folks, please be practicing the three R's rate, review, retweet. Rate, review, retweet, folks. We want everyone to come and join our little watch party, including the exclusive little watch party we've got going on on the Patreon. At the $5 level, become a little onion at the five. You won't be sorry. Absolutely. More quality content coming to you from kicking and streaming until then i'm carrie i'm ross and as always sorry, sorry mom, mom.